I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is episode 16 of this new show here on KSL News Radio Live. Mike, uh, hopefully you're enjoying it. If so, or if not, if there's something you'd like to see uh, me improve, uh, please, 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, I'd love to hear from you on that matter or anything. If you want something added to the show or taken away, if you think it's annoying that I remind you each day which episode number it is, let me know about that. I'll probably keep it up because I think it's cute, uh, but I'd love to hear what you have to think about it. Uh, and anyway, Anyway, so we in this segment are doing something important. You've heard me over the past few weeks uh, as I've hosted this program talk about uh, one of the important races here in the state of Utah, the gubernatorial race. And I've made a a commitment to speak to uh, all of the candidates who are willing to come onto the program. And we've spoken to a good many of them. Uh, And today and in this segment, we in studio are joined by your Lieutenant Governor, uh, Spencer Cox. I'm grateful to you for being here with us. Lee, it's great to be here. This is going to be the episode that everyone remembers. You think so? 16 is the one? 16 is the magic you hear that, Producer Amy? Uh, <laughs> make note of that. Episode 16 is a big one. Mark it down. Mark it down. Um, so, great. Absolutely. Uh, so, listen, you are running for governor. Yes. As we know, you, you, yeah. uh, you're you a young, cool, hip guy. Uh, very, <laughs> Thank you. I very active on, on Twitter. Uh, we were talking about a tweet you sent out just the other day. Uh, you, your daughter, a big fan of the Utah Jazz, had a friend over, and she, you took great pride in overhearing her describe uh, every single player to her uh, her new friend. Yeah, her friend had never guy. seen a jazz game. This was her, her very first experience. And I couldn't believe that there was someone in Utah I'd never seen yeah. a jazz game. So it was fun. Uh, why are you running for governor? That's that's the question, right? So th- this was a actually a hard decision for for our family. Um, we know I, I've said this before. Everybody wants to be governor. I'm not sure everybody wants to do governor. We get to see what it means to do governor up close and personal every day. Uh, as I've been the lieutenant governor for six years, and, and it really came down to a couple things. Uh, we, we we care deeply about this state. We love this state, and uh, the state has been so good to us, uh, raising our kids in rural Utah. Um, the opportunity to be here on, on the Wasatch Front to serve the people. I've I've been able to travel all over the state, and and I. I just believe that we are the best state for so many reasons. And and to know and to see firsthand uh, the good things that are happening and to be able to keep those going, but also the challenges that uh, that we're facing as a state. And, and to be perfectly honest, the governor came to me one day and said, hey, I've, I've decided not to run for governor. And uh, I've decided that you are. And uh, I want to talk about those things. I, he said, I feel very strongly that you have the, the background and, and um, what, you, what we need. You know, th- there are some divides in our country, um, some divides in our state, the the urban suburban rural divide is a real thing, and it's it's growing more and more. It's something I'm deeply concerned about. Um, education is is my top priority. Of um, all the things that we talk about that we need to do and we want to improve, um, none of that matters if we don't get education right. And uh, we we have some we have some challenges around education in our state. And then and then of course the growth pressures that that are coming. It, it's a good problem to have, but it's a problem. I you know I still commute 200 miles round trip every day. I'm I guess I'm part of the problem. But I, I'm on those freeways, and, and I know uh, the, the traffic concerns, the air quality concerns, and uh, and the price of housing. And so, so I, I, I 
feel I care so deeply about the state and, and we're willing to to do what we can to help solve those problems. Uh, you, we were talking about your commute each day in the commercial break before the segment started. I asked you how you feel your time on the road there. Uh, and you told me uh, you said audiobooks and podcasts. And let me just take this moment to tell you. I'm sorry, those are the wrong answers. You need to be listening to KSL News Radio. Well, of course. we have. There's something called a P1 listener. <laughs> if you look on your uh, dashboard there, there are a bunch of numbers. And if you push and hold right now, if you push and hold the, the one, it'll pre-program it. Every time you hit one, uh, your pre-programmed now, you need to know right something. Up. It is in the in the one spot, yep. and half of my commute I can't listen to KSL because I don't have any service because I'm in the mountains. I don't have cell service, mm. and I don't have radio. So that's why half the half the commute I'm listening to the radio. The other half I'm listening to podcasts. Well, course. I got something for you. Okay, I got something for you. We podcast each of these uh, episodes. <laughs> yes, you do, and you can download those podcasts. <laughs> Even in the uh, shadow of the mountains where the signal can't reach. It's a shameless plug, and I love it. Well done. Well done. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you, as you were talking to me when I asked you why you're running for governor, you used the pronoun we. Uh, who is that we? You, I see in, in some of your campaign literature and some of your footage and your videos, uh, you, your wife is a big part of this campaign. Yeah, yeah, that's about that's we. That's the we. Uh, um, and and it's, never, it, it's never really been intentional. People ask, you know, I had somebody come up to me and say, hey, that was brilliant. I love the way that you're using your wife and talking about we. And I'm like, no, that that's not that was not some sort of campaign decision. That's just who we are. That's how we live our lives. Uh, my wife Abby is incredible. She grew up in the small town right next to mine in Mount Pleasant. On a, she grew up on a farm there. She's one of ten ten kids, eight girls, two boys, one bathroom. Um, you can imagine what that was like growing up in in uh, in her house. And uh, we we've been best friends. Um, we uh, it, it, f- funny. Just side note, my uh, our piano teacher passed away this past week, and um, that's how I met Abby, uh, my piano teacher. I had to change lessons. She said. You need to go find this Palmer girl. Uh, she was 15 at the time. I was 16, and that was the first time we met. And we've been best friends ever since. And so uh, we we are a team. Um, she's absolutely part of everything we do, and uh, and and I'm lucky to have her. I want to talk about two things. Time is pretty tight. There are two things I want to talk about. You uh, put out a campaign video, uh, when your, your announcement, and you made an interesting comment. I'm going to play it for you real quick. It's about uh, 15 seconds long, uh, and I want to talk to you about it after that. It's no secret that we have some problems in our country right now. We're more divided than we've ever been at any time since the Civil War. And as we talk about solutions, it really is about all of us looking for ways to better our community. In that clip there, you asserted that we are more divided now than we have been since the Civil War. Talk to me a little bit about that and how you'd fix it. Yeah, so a uh, great book that I, I recommend everybody should read uh, by Senator Ben Sass called Them. Um, the, the subtitle is Why We Hate Each Other and How to Heal. And, and in there he talks, you know, and, and political scientists will tell you that they, could, they can show the partisanship in our country and, and how divided we are. And, uh, and, and he believes, and, and I believe, that the, the answer to bringing people together really isn't about politics. Um, it's about building up communities. Um, he argues, and I agree with him, and I've certainly seen this here in the state of Utah, that one of the reasons we're more divided than ever before is that we are lonelier than we've ever been before. The sense of community, we're losing that. We know fewer of our neighbors than we've ever been before. There's some great um, research out of BYU that talks about this. Uh, the And so we're, we're finding ways to connect, but those ways are not healthy ways. Uh, so, so again, if, on, we may not have any real friends, but on Facebook, at least we can hate the same people together. And that that tribalism is is infiltrating us as, as a people. And, uh, and so I, I believe that the answer to 
of that is is really Utah. Utah is the answer because there's some things we do better than anywhere else. Um, and, and that is we we care about our neighbors. We care about each other. We volunteer at rates higher than anywhere else in the nation. Our charitable giving rates are higher than anywhere else in the nation. It's about building community. And if we get that right, the politics actually falls out of it. Politics has a role and it's important, but it's not the role. And if politics is the most important thing in your life, um, then you're you're probably doing it wrong. And unfortunately for many of us, it's it's how we're starting to define ourselves. Uh, we used to be a, a, a religious nation that that was that you know practiced politics, um, and now politics has become our religion. And I think that's very dangerous because if someone disagrees with you, then they become a heretic and uh, they're evil, and, and that's that's not healthy. Um, but it's, unfortunately, it's where we are in most of our country. Yeah. Uh, last question. Uh, it's the big one that all the gubernatorial candidates are being asked. Uh, where do you stand on this tax reform issue? And in your capacity as lieutenant governor, you, you've made it known you need to take a special kind of position when it comes to the referendum. Talk yeah. to us about uh, basically where you stand in terms of this tax reform and then uh, more specifically on this referendum. Yeah. So uh, let me be clear. There are some good things in the tax reform. But um, like all the other candidates, I think all of us uh, were opposed to it when it passed. I, I had a statement that I put out opposing it for for lots of reasons that you've discussed on on this this show uh and and the, as far as the referendum goes so as as the lieutenant governor i oversee the referendum process so people ask are you going to sign the referendum and i have to stay neutral on that um because there will likely be challenges as those signatures come in and we have to process that but uh, i i recognize and and applaud those that are, are standing up and working so hard for the things that they believe in and that's important and i think this is going to be a really important discussion as the race goes on what what does that look like as we as we move forward? Um, the tax cut is a is a positive thing. Um, the the new taxes are, are troublesome, and I think that's why we've seen so much opposition to it. Let me ask you this: uh, If the circumstances were different, you were not the lieutenant governor, uh, would this petition carry your signature? Uh, well, that that's that's if you're staying neutral, you, you really can't answer that question. Um, but I if tried, I'm, I if tried. I'm, <laughs> you hear that? I gave it a but, shot, news guys. But I can tell you this: um, if you're opposed to the uh, the tax reform, then you're probably in favor of the petition. Is that fair? Can fair I say enough. that much? Very okay. fair. All right, uh, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox has been our guest. He's running for governor. I uh, am confident we'll have uh, future conversations. I'm grateful to you for coming here in studio to speak with us. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. Uh, next up uh, here on live, Mike. We're going to be talking about some of these impeachment things. As I look up at the television screens right now, the president is weighing in, and we're going to see what he has to say, and we're going to see what's next as these uh, proceedings move forward. Later on in the program, we'll be speaking to Senator Mike Lee, who has an interesting take uh, available now in Fo- on Fox News uh, dealing with the, the word jurors. Are the senators right now, should they be considered jurors? Mike Lee says no. We'll find out why later on here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. 
now available anywhere you get your podcasts.